Thank you for tuning into Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today we have the CEO of Kaizo Health and Kaizo Innovate, president of the East Coast Association's Independent Physicians Network, and the Smart CEO Volt Award winner for technology implementer for the small business category, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay and I talk about implementing different techniques into your practice, what his clinic faced to realize the necessity for cloud-based EHR, and then we talk about chiropractic and the profession in general. For more information about Kineticense and to book a free online demo, go to www.kineticense.com. Let's start episode 12, Implementing Technology into Your Business and Practice with Dr. Jay Greenstein. Today we have Dr. Jay Greenstein, CEO of Kaizo Health, Kaizo X, Kaizo Clinical, and then Kaizo Innovation. Uh, Jay, thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Well, it's great to be here, man. Yeah, and I, I wanted to have you on because um, obviously you've worked really, really well with uh, applying technologies into clinic, and I kind of wanted to get you talking about Kaizo Innovation first, kind of explain what you do, what you've created there, and how you're helping clinics out with that. Sure. So Kaizo Innovation Advisors really started off as kind of a, a consulting company, and I also run um, my speaking engagements through that or, that part of the organization. But what's happened is we had some opportunities through the research side of our business to build out some technology. And because that, that technology that we built, which was really around spine care, it went so well, we saw other opportunities in the marketplace to build additional technology. So the most recent release that we have out of our has innovation tech side of the business is a private practice app. So we are now building custom private practice apps for the chiropractic profession. We know this can scale to other healthcare professions as well. Yeah. Uh, but it provides an opportunity for doctors to do a few things. One, engage their patient base, base and build an even stronger community. Two, improve adherence. So we ran the numbers in our practice and we realized that if a patient was prescribed a treatment plan and they just came one more time within that treatment plan and did not self-discharge, the practice would generate over $400,000 towards the bottom line. Wow. Now, we know that most patients discharge because they feel better. Yeah. Uh, but they're not necessarily functionally better. And so what does that mean? The most accurate predictor of any future injury is going to be past injury because patients and physicians many times stop treating the problem when the pain goes away. Yep. So our goal was to get uh, our, our patients to adhere to their care plans and also know where they are in care because many times they get lost. Am I 50% of the way through? Am I 30% of the way through? Am I 80% of the way through? Right. know where they are in care they they can literally see the finish line and then and then get the functional improvement they need in order to get a long-term outcome that's positive and at the same time generate a positive business result for the practice and what's kind of amazing through this entire process where, where we we were the alpha site right like we tested in our own practice because we saw a need for ourselves but 22% of the people downloading our app are people that we've never interacted with. They're the general public. Wow. And we're, we're actually generating new patients from the app. So, um, so building a community, making sure that patients adhere to their care plan to get the best outcome, and then generating new patients is, is the business use case for this custom practice app that we've built now for the chiropractic profession. So it's been incredibly exciting. It's been this yeah. crazy journey. But um, and we've, we're building out a team of beta testers. We've got about three more slots that are still available, uh, and after that, we'll we'll go full full force into the marketplace. Wow, that's awesome! Congrats. That sounds like a, I mean, that's a great app. So, is this going to be something that's going to be using their branding, their logos, and it's going to have uh, obviously every all that in there too? 
100%. It'll be completely custom branded to the individual practice. There's specific tiles they can either have or not have as it relates to how they want to interact with their patients. And so, it, yeah, it's very custom. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, like you said, getting people to do their, like, and to keep their goal to hit that functional goal is so important because that's whenever you're getting these people to stay better after they, the pain's gone. Because, But we know pain is the last thing to come. So we want to get exactly. there functionally better, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the last thing that I want for my brand is a patient is self-discharged because they feel better. Then three months later, their problem returns and they turn around and say to their friend or their referring physician, it didn't work. Yep. And, you know, that's like my biggest nightmare. And, and I, I want to make sure that we finish what we started. And, and look, man, we are not about like X number of visits that every patient needs. I don't care if it's two visits or 12 visits or 20 visits. It's whatever is appropriate clinically the patient needs or yep. to get them functionally better. That's what matters. And okay. I just want them to be able to finish their care plan. And if they know where they are in their care and they can see the finish line, they'll get there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's big too, is uh, the different treatment plans for different patients with different injuries. I mean, no one's going to have the same amount of time. Some people will be one to two visits and some people will be eight to 10. It just depends on what's going on with them. And it's really, I really like that you said that because I do see a lot of practitioners and different people get in their (laughs) own way, obviously, and they have their own mind like, hey, I treat this three times or I treat this 10 times every time. Well, every patient's different. So that's really cool. I like that you do that. Now, so you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Every patient is different. Yeah. And, and they may come in with the same presenting symptoms, but the functional deficits could be completely different. Exactly. And so, and so we need to be able to, this is what, this is what patient centered care actually means. It means care centered around the patient based on what their deficits are and what their needs, goals, and values are. Yeah. And a big example I use too, is if someone has a hip injury, they could have either a right shoulder affecting that hip or a right ankle affecting that hip. So we can't just treat everybody the same. Then we're just going to miss everything. 100%, man. 100%. You are on target. <laughs> so you talked about uh, a little bit with me, the cloud-based uh, EHR that you have as well. And I wanted to get into that because that sounds really cool and seems like an advantage for practitioners with their patients. Well, I think it's, it's a great advantage from a security perspective. So full disclosure, we were hacked about a year and a half ago. Wow. Uh, our, le- our legacy system, which was server-based, was hacked. And um, we had already moved to Genesis, which is cloud-based, but we had some older accounts that we were just like cleaning up and, and, and somebody clicked on a link that they shouldn't have. And literally, we were, we were basically hijacked by like a crypto terrorist. Oh, gosh. They, wanted, they literally wanted two and a half Bitcoin, and it was a lot more expensive back then than it is right now. They wanted two and a half Bitcoin to basically unlock the data. So we had to not only spend tens of thousands of dollars to um, have a firm unlock the data for us because we don't negotiate with terrorists. Um, But but in addition, we had to do all kinds of reporting. Uh, We had to report it on our website. We had to send out emails and and snail mail to all of our patients. Uh, Again, announcing it on the front page of our website. We had to report to the DOJ, HHS. Um, our attorney generals at, at the state level, like we had to do a lot of work. And, yeah. and I would say it easily cost our company somewhere in the range of sixty to $75,000 because we had a system that was not on the cloud. Wow. And so we had already made the decision to move anyway, but that's from a security perspective, it, it, it was a really good decision, even though we had this issue with our legacy system. But one of the most important elements of working with Genesis and having a cloud-based system is that we're rebuilding that system with them through our clinical research foundation to build out what's called a practice-based research network where we can literally with any variable collect data on that variable 
and identify which providers are getting the best outcomes over time. So we can collect any variable related to clinical data, interventional data, cost data, um, really demographic data, and identify which providers are getting the best outcomes to with which population of patients. And, and the, one of the reasons why we want to do that is because once we understand that, we can then scale those types of treatments across the organization and even across the chiropractic profession. Yeah. So if somebody is really, really great at getting great outcomes with females who have headaches between the ages of 30 and 40 with these particular functional deficits, okay, these are the interventions that you can try to apply to see if that makes a difference in improving not only the quality of care, but the speed at which our patients get better. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's what's called value. You know, we're, we're trying to drive value. Yep. Now, we already do a great job as a profession in creating value for the system, and we know that from the outcomes data, the clinical practice guidelines, the cost data that's out there, especially some of the optum data. But, um, but we want to be able to, we, but we don't own that data, right? Like right. Optum owns those millions of data points. We don't. And, and if we want to own our future, we need to own our own big data. And so, um, you know, we are committed in partnership with Genesis to, to doing just that. And so that's one of the reasons why using that type of cloud-based technology is critically important for us and, and I think for the profession at large. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Now, I hate to hear what happened to you guys. That's terrible. That's like a worst fear kind of thing with the with the hack, man. That's awful. Yeah, I mean, that's how, you know, at any point in time when you're a business owner, you've got to find ways to turn lemons into the lemonade. And I think, you know, what it did is it is it actually made us a better company because we realized that we had opportunities to, to improve, excuse me, on safety and security. And that's exactly what we did. And so, um, you know, it was, a, it was a lesson learned, a painful and expensive lesson learned. But um you know, right now we're a better company for it. Yeah, it's great. You're talking about all this data capture and you know, the the collection of like these different demographics and these different, like you said, the younger female maybe with uh, headaches, whatever you're, whatever you're collecting. Now you can insert CAMS kineticense and now you can start uh, objectively identifying these movement dysfunctions and functional discrepancies. And you can start to say, all right, so this these functional discrepancies have paired up a bunch with these headaches in this age group. And you can start to find that stuff and also use it as a measuring tool to see who's functionally getting better as well so that's that's probably a cool implementation and i know you have a uh, you're getting a kineticence correct we're getting five of there them. You go. actually we have we just got them shipped to us last week and we're getting all the computer specs that we need to, to run the systems but i mean i don't know that i've ever been more excited about a piece of technology um than what we've got with kineticence i mean i was at parker and met ryan and just you know went through the kineticense protocols and then um we had some conversations and I was like, this, this is really great technology because you have the data capture piece, but you've also got like the visual biofeedback piece for the patient or the client. Yep. So we're going to use this both on our clinical side and our wellness side, our personal training and physical fitness side. Yep. And um, we just see so many opportunities to not only improve our outcomes using this technology and, and improve our efficiency because it'll be much faster than some of the assessments that we're currently using. Yeah. But again, to be able to aggregate and collect data over time and look at uh, pre-intervention assessment, intervention, and then post-intervention assessment, literally like with a click of a mouse, yep. is going to be like phenomenal. And then <laughs> I, I know, and you know, Ryan and I, we talked about this, like through our Clinical Research Foundation, we know that we'll be using this technology for a variety of interventions that we're testing um, in our clinical studies. So I'm just like ridiculously pumped. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of had the same reaction I did when I first saw it. I was like, there is, there's just so many applications to this. I mean, 
that. For, for me specifically, um, you said five. I'm looking at like three to four, which I thought I was going to have the most, but you already beat me on that one. But um, <laughs> I'm going to put uh, open this up, and what I'm doing is I'm going to go with teams and these different football teams in Texas, and I'll be doing concussion baseline analysis, and then, of course, their functional movement screens and everything. But if they think they have a head injury or they have – uh, something like trauma or whiplash they think might have caused this concussion, then they can come to me, I retest them in about two minutes, and we can do comparative studies and comparative data to see if this athlete even has any trauma or has the whiplash or has the concussion symptoms, which is cool because a lot of times you can hide the verbal ones, you can do different things. Our athletes nowadays are really, really good at staying on the field when they want to, so yeah. it's nice to have a system that can test the vestibular system, which there's no hiding that, so... Totally. And you know, at the end of the day, Bo, like that saves lives, right? Yep. You have a you have a kid who can, who knows how to game the system, who knows how to figure out how to how to do a little bit better than maybe <laughs> and they're not telling you everything that happened on the field or how they're feeling. Yep. And yet you're able to detect things through this technology that otherwise might not be able to be detected. You know, the great thing about what you're doing is that you, again you're you're really able to to potentially save lives because the athletes are getting very, very good at gaming the system. They know what tests are being done and they're not always going to tell you when they come out the field how they're feeling and yet sometimes as humans we might miss things that technology can pick up uh, to a much greater degree so you know at the end of the day using this type of technology and the interventions that you're having to improve the safety of these athletes is going to save lives yep and you're talking about like uh, multiple things here so first off using the system like if you're if you're doing a concussion baseline assessment on somebody it's really hard to see how much their hips are swaying um uh, because it's in the center of their body and the center of their mass it's really hard to see that sway too much but the system will actually score out head shoulders hips knees all separately so if this athlete does have a whiplash or concussion then we'll be able to see if it just shows up in one area of the body during this balance too which can be hidden and i was a football player in high school and basketball and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college and uh, whenever I had the whole concussion stuff go through I mean I knew the test and I, I knew what it was but you wanted to see me fail you can put me on a balance test really quick and I wouldn't do a good job <laughs> <laughs> that's funny no it's great that you're doing that kind of work man it's awesome well I mean we want like again we want what I want personally and the, the, the reason I work with kineticence is because I want to see practitioners using objective measuring systems to track their patients, show their progression, and like you've talked about, do these uh, interventions that some, some people don't necessarily want to do because it might be a hard thing to do, but pulling these athletes out when they need to be pulled out is, is very, very big, and that's, that's where we reduce the CTE and we reduce the future systemic problems. No question about it, and the opportunity for us to take care of these young athletes when they're young is really important because how many patients have you seen in, the, in your practice that are now adults, but that were completely mismanaged as young athletes. And because of that, they've got all of these chronic problems now. Yep. And so we have a great opportunity to serve our communities in a way um, that, that we've never had before the use to this equipment. Yeah. And I mean, and just with like how society has changed, uh, I just did a career fair for uh, pre-K to fifth grade this morning, and I basically was just showing them the system. They all loved it and everything, of course. But uh, what I had them do is I started having them do an overhead squat, just each one of them. And I was watching, and the ones, the anyone that did a really good overhead squat, I always asked what you did, and most of it was gymnastics or something there. But I would say 80% of these kids just valgus knees, collapsing arches, just 
terrible squats. And I'm like, you guys are young. You should be moving well right now. But that's coming from sitting down. They can all do the Fortnite dances. And it's just blowing <laughs> my mind because I'm like, you guys can do all this, but you can't squat. It's, right. It's crazy. Right, the most me. important functional movement they can't do. Yeah. I mean, you guys, can you, do you ever sit down and stand up during the day? <laughs> Right. Uh, so no, right. I mean, I could probably tangent on that for a while, Jay. Sorry. That's that's. No, a... no it's all good, man. <laughs> I, I totally get it. And and again, these are opportunities for us to use this type of technology to serve our communities to a much greater capacity. Yeah. So you also use a, a wood wave treadmill, correct? Oh yeah, phenomenal equipment. Um, so we use we have we have several pieces of of wood wave equipment. Um, we have the Woodway Walker View, which not only has a, a Microsoft Connect camera to it, but we also have, there's also load cells in the tread. So we're collecting about 30 data points a second wow. on that treadmill. And yeah, it's it, everything from force to, to stride length, to speed, to, to uh, we're getting, you know, obviously range of motion. Um, we're getting a whole host of data points that we can then use to analyze our interventions and, and the level of patient improvement. And again, aggregate data over time. And then we also have what's called the ISO-free, which is a force plate. We can also do some concussion evaluation and testing pre-baseline, pre-season baseline testing as well. Um, there's also games, so there's some virtual reality for both of those pieces of equipment. So Woodway's done a really, really great job of incorporating technology that we as clinicians and fitness professionals can use to help improve outcomes for our patients and, and clients. Yeah, and I think that the, I mean, Using technology to our advantage, it adds another tool for the tool belt. We still, like, I've talked about this with other, like Patrick Vellner, he even mentioned is like, we are practitioners still, and we have tools that we use, but we still have to be this practitioner. We still need to go out there and use these tools to our advantage and our knowledge and be able to say, look, you shouldn't be out there playing the sport right now because you don't move properly enough. You're probably going to get hurt. You have a high susceptibility to injury. And yep. if you go out and play the sport, you're probably going to lose something. Now, the thing that we do is we don't tell you what you're going to get hurt. We're not predicting your injury, but we are saying that in these 12 movements, these are your top six movement discrepancies. And you really need to work on these because it can cause a, a change through the kinetic chain or change through a fascial plane to cause an injury in another place. Yeah, Bo, because we're talking about probabilities, right? So exactly. the probability increases when people don't move correctly. And so, um, again, being able to use technology that identifies that better than the human eye can, a lot better than the human eye can, and also gives us a level of kind of the full picture of how that patient is moving and functioning, um, only helps us do our job better. And I agree with you, like, at the end of the day, you can have all the tools and all the toys that you want, but the clinician still has to think. Yep. Um, and the clinician still has to use their hands and the other treatment tools that are available to them in order to get the best possible outcomes. But the technology, there's no, there's no doubt, at least in my mind, that the technology helps us become a lot smarter and a lot more capable of delivering the right intervention because we can literally see it so much better. Yep. I mean, think about being able to assess someone in 3D as they move and you're recording every part of their body. So as I watch you do these reverse lunges and squat or whatever movements, not only am I, I'm not looking at just one area, but I'm not looking at your shoulders or I'm not just looking at your knees or your hips or trying to scan really fast. 
I'm recording all of this, and the functional planar mapping tool is taking all this CAMS data, and it's taking all this live data from each movement, and it's taking it from the head, shoulders, everything, and identifying the dysfunction. So that's where we can have an advantage because it only takes three minutes compared to the 50 minutes it would normally take, and it'll also tell us. Yeah, I know, right? Like, like we have, <laughs> we all have time to spend 50 minutes with every patient before we treat them, and then possibly 50 minutes after to see how how well it works. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, it's like the concept of like, you know, test, intervene, and then retest to see how you did. And, and many times, you know, we're using our eyes, maybe using our hands, maybe watching people move after we've done an intervention and, and certainly listening to how they're feeling. Do they feel better? Do they have less pain, less symptoms? All that's really important. But again, having a tool that allows us to do a lot more in a much shorter period of time, just exponentially uh, it grows our ability to have much more impact on many more patients. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I remember one time I was telling some, uh, when I was in school, I was telling some students about this tech and they told me, well, it's chiropractic is more than range of motion. And I started laughing. I was like, exactly. It's, it's all about function. <laughs> I'm like, this is what the system does. And that's what I'm saying. But then they got stuck on the range of motion. I'm like, well, if you want to use a goniometer, just so you know, most people aren't even putting that in the same place and keeping it neutral. So no worries there. Yeah, for sure. Like I would say inter-observer and intra-observer reliability for that is pretty poor. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got an inclinometer too because is it, is it on T1, C7, C6? We're not sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, we yeah, can... that's, why, that's why this equipment is, is so groundbreaking and uh, can't, I literally can't wait to break it out of the box. Oh, uh, that's cool. And I, I love hearing that. I mean, that's kind of how, I mean, I'm the same way. I love finding stuff that's going to really like uh, change things. And you know what was really cool this morning with uh, working these just through pre-K and fifth grade. I mean, I probably had about 100 to 200 students come through on the, onto that system. And wow. they, I mean, every one of them just lit up. They looked at it. They were excited. They were trying to lead other booths just to come over to my, my little table that I had set up just to help them out and do all the stuff. And they were all like just trying to come over there and be a part of it and play and try to learn and do all this. Stuff. And they got interested in their own movement too. So they were doing squats and I started to tell them how to correct. And these are kids that may not be listening in the classroom, but now they're listening when they look at the screen and as they're moving and watching themselves, which was really cool to see. Yeah, that's so awesome because not only have you probably saved many, many kids from having an athletic injury because now they're thinking about how they're moving, but you probably also stimulated a couple of those folks to actually become chiropractors, which is super cool. <laughs> you're, you're not lying, actually, because uh, they have this list that they have to write it down, and I knew they were actually trying to figure out how, uh, the, how they could become a chiropractor because no, nobody could spell it. And I was like, man, I don't even know how I can spell it the whole time. So they're all, I was helping people write chiropractor to these little kids, write it on all these sheets, but it was cool. I think I had like 30 or 40 kids put chiropractors, their number one. So now they're at least going to go so out cool. and see that. Yeah. And, but it's just because you have to think how many chiros are going to a career fair just to go help a community and help raise awareness about it. Like it's not necessarily about the just the growth of your practice you have to look at the growth of the profession as well and i think just awareness is the number one thing and if you have something that people can really take their own health care into their hands it's kind of like kineticence like that that's just where yeah. you start to get these people that really make life changes and they really start to pay attention to how they're hip hinging and how they're moving and that's what we want we want people that just come to us maybe once a month just to get a line or whatever they want to call it whatever feels good to them i don't want them hurt I, my perfect world is an empty practice, but we all know that's not going to happen. 
Right, but the idea that we can create wellness and prevention and still provide great chiropractic services yep. um, is, is just as impactful. Yep. You know, it's funny, you, you know, you talk about being out in our communities and, and, and generating awareness and impact. I mean, imagine what the converse of what you did today is. Like, it's the guy who brings his plastic spine and has a stool and is trying to explain to the kid or the kids, like, oh, this is what a dysfunctional spine looks like. I mean, plastic model on one side, <laughs> state-of-the-art technology on the other, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like, it's a complete 180-degree difference. And I think this is where our profession must go. You have other healthcare disciplines who are implementing and utilizing technology like blockchain and artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning. Like, they, they are implementing technology in order to improve outcomes and generate greater value and people need to take your example though and do what you're doing and get their heads out of their practices and get out <laughs> into the community and understand what it takes to leverage state-of-the-art technology to drive awareness and impact i agree and completely so what you did today is awesome man oh well and again that's not why i mentioned or anything like that but i mean i think it's a big thing because I didn't necessarily, I didn't have, I wasn't the guy that had the Cairo since I was a kid. I wasn't the one that grew up with the Cairo, but I was definitely one that had a Cairo help me play basketball for a year in college. And that's whenever that's I was awesome. told I wouldn't be able to play anymore and stuff like that by a different doc. So just that change in my life was why I became to start become a chiropractor and do this. But just seeing these kids, man, like seeing them just brighten up. That's just the, that's why we do our jobs right there. Totally. That's awesome, man. Jay, what, do you have anything new happening with your clinics or anything like that? What's what's going on besides uh, implementing five kinetisense techs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a lot. We just actually went through a rebrand. We changed our name. Uh, our previous name was Sport and Spine Rehab. But as you may know, there's like so many spine and sports and sport and spine. There's yep. just a ton of brand confusion for us. So or for not for us, but really for the community and for our referring physicians that right. we just decided we were going to change the name. So we changed it to Kaizo Health. Kaizo is the Japanese word for rebuild or reconstruct, which is really what we do. We rebuild and reconstruct people's bodies and people's lives. But it also, uh, in the gaming world, means a hack and pushing the limits of human potential. And, and for me and, and the policy and advocacy work that I do in chiropractic uh, with the Clinical Compass as, as chairman of that organization or the Corporate Social Responsibility Program for the Federation of International Chiropractic and Sport, just trying to, to move the needle for the profession that is inherently Kaizo to me. Yeah. And so it's like a perfect name that describes like why we exist. So that's been a big thing in our practice, of course, implementing um, the new technology of Kinetosense, we're, we're super excited about. We just completed a stem cell study in Pittsburgh and we've got those results that are gonna be published probably later this year. Oh, so cool. that, was that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just, uh, we're super excited to just keep evolving as an organization and creating more impact for the patients and populations that we serve. That's awesome. And so for any listeners that are interested in your clinics and everything, where can they go to access just to view it or get information about your clinics? Sure. It's uh, www.kaizo, K-A-I-Z-O dash health, H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Um, and that'll take you to our website and you can learn all about us. If you want to know more about the tech that we're building, um, you can go to Kaizenovate, K-A-I-Z-E-N-O-V-A-T-E.com. Um, you'll learn about the mobile apps that we've created so far for your private practice. But in addition to that, uh, we've got two more clinical apps that are coming out, uh, which we can't really disclose at this point. But again, using technology to really scale impact is what our mission is at uh, Kaizen Innovate Tech, 
And so that's that's really what we're doing. And and if you if you kind of get on our mailing list, you'll be able to learn more about what we do. I've also got a Facebook page called Health Tech Tribe. Um, and so we're keeping people abreast of like the latest and greatest things happening in technology and healthcare. And so people can join that page as well. Just go to the page and um, ask to join and you'll be in. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be all over. Health Tech Tribe is what you said, correct? Yes, sir. All right, I'm on that one. Well, uh, Dr. Greenstein, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Great information. I mean, I, I'm on the same side of you here. I think technology is the future. We can do more with it and we can help more people. And that's what the end goal is, helping more people with it. Hey, man, thanks for all you do for, for your profession and chiropractic and your community. And uh, looking forward to seeing you again soon. Yes, sir. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Joe. All right, take it easy, Bob. Thank you for listening to episode 12. I hope you really enjoyed what Dr. Jay Greenstein had to say about implementing technology into your business and practice. The main goal is to expand the walls of your business and practice and be able to reach more people and connect with them. If you connect with them and get them to take their own healthcare into their own hands, that's whenever you start to see the big changes in people's lives. On the next episode, we have Dr. McAllister back to talk about the different functional changes that you see in basketball players compared to different sports. He is going to be able to provide unique experience now that he is the Cairo for the WNBA Dallas Wings. Again, if you want more information on Kineticense, go to www.kineticense.com to book your free online demo. I'm your host, Bo Sauls, and let's keep learning about movement, performance, and rehab together. <laughs>